Our gospel lesson this morning comes from Mark chapter 1. If you want to read along in your pew Bibles, it can be found on page 812. Let's go to the Spirit in prayer. Holy One, through the gift of your Spirit, instruct us by the light of your prophets. Illumine our hearts that we may hear your call to become your path into the world. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Mark 1, verses 1 through 8. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locust and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thongs of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Today is the first Sunday of Advent, which begins our church year. It's a time of anticipation, as Mary pointed out, that leads us up to Christmas. This year, as a part of this season of longing, we're going to journey through the Gospels, reflecting on how each of them take up the Christ story. Do you remember when you were a kid and you would color so hard with your crayons that they might break into little pieces or you just used them up so much that there was only a nub left and you really couldn't hold it in your hand? Well, my mom, when we got to that point, would take all of those little nubs and she'd put them in a muffin tin. Did any of your moms do this? Well, so if you take that, you put the muffin tin in the oven and you bake it for a little bit. The, the crayons begin to mold together into one large crayon. And then you can use it again. You're able to color, and it's really neat because you can actually, even though it's one crayon, still see the different colors that are in it. Now this is sometimes what we do with the stories of Jesus. We take all of the stories that we hear in the Gospels and we kind of merge them together into one large story. And while that's not something wrong, sometimes I think we miss out on what each of the Gospels are doing by just simply merging them into one larger story. And so during this Advent season, to help us gain a deeper understanding of the Gospels and how they each encountered the good news, 
We're going to try and listen to each individual voice and how they approached the Christ story to help us prepare for this Christmas holiday in a way that maybe we hadn't in years past. And so this year we're starting with the Gospel of Mark. Why Mark, you ask? After all, Matthew's the first gospel we get in our Bible. It's a good question. We chose Mark because it's actually the earliest of the four Gospels. Written down years before the others, Mark was the first of its kind. And so we're kicking off our Advent season with the journey through the Gospel of Mark. And the truth is, Mark doesn't actually mention anything about Jesus' birth or the Christmas story. So there you go. Thanks be to God. Okay, so I'm kidding. (laughs) Even though Mark doesn't have a birth narrative, it does have something that is important and powerful for us in this Advent season. Mark begins his gospel, his good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, with John the Baptist. Immediately, John is calling his audience and us to action. Using the words of the prophet Isaiah, John the Baptist is a prophet in his own way. He is trying to let the people know that Christ has come, that God's inbreaking is at hand, and that they have work to do. Prepare the way of the Lord, John cries out. Why are they to prepare? Because God is coming. To the people of God. Just as the message of Isaiah was for the children of Israel, John's message is for those who grew up around Jesus, for those who were striving to honor God with their life. And so the message of John the Baptist is for us today, gathered here at Faith Presbyterian. Prepare the way of the Lord. In crying out to prepare, John is serving as a prophet. Godly play is a curriculum we sometimes use to teach our children stories of the Bible, and it opens up its Advent lessons with the prophets. They actually show this card. Now, it might be hard for you to see, but on this card it has the first candle of Advent, and then it has a hand pointing the way. It says this, Prophets are people who come so close to God, and God comes so close to them that they know what is most important. They pointed the way to Bethlehem. They didn't know exactly what was going to happen there, but they knew this was the place. So stop. Watch. Pay attention. Something incredible is going to happen. So Mark doesn't have a birth story, which means John isn't pointing the way as a prophet to Bethlehem, but he is pointing the way to Jesus. He doesn't want us to miss the gift of Christ. And so he cries out, 
prepare. Mark goes on to say that John was proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. In his call of preparation, John is showing us that we have work to do, both in our hearts and out in the world. The call of repentance was inward work. The act of being baptized was outward work so that others would recognize what was going on. Something you might not know, and that you don't necessarily pick up from the eight verses we read from Mark, is that this gospel is an act of resistance. During the time of its writing, the Roman Empire had a strong presence in the lives of Mark's audience. Not only were they physically present, but there was also an ideological pressure that was placed on those in Mark's community. We can glimpse this resistance even in the opening verses as we hear Mark look beyond what they can see around them to one who is powerful, one who offers forgiveness, one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Much like John the Baptist is preparing the way for Jesus, so Mark is preparing his readers for what the gospel has to say. Mark resists the notion that the world is under the control of anyone other than God. When John calls for preparation, it is not for the reign of Rome, but for the reign of God. And in a further act of resistance, Mark tells us that Jesus, this one who we are preparing for, who is ushering in the reign of God, is a suffering servant. In other words, the reign of God is not going to look like the reign of Rome. The reign of God is not going to look like the reign of the city of Tallahassee. The reign of God is not going to look like the reign of the U.S. government. It's something different. It's something more. And so as we think about our Advent preparation as both internal and external, I find myself asking, how might we prepare and use that preparation as an act of resistance? Preparing our hearts is not a one-and-done activity. It's the reason that year after year we light these candles. It's the reason that Sunday after Sunday you come through those doors to worship God. It's the reason that morning after morning we are encouraged to offer our lives to God. But I wonder if you might hear that call to prepare as an opportunity to resist that which has grown comfortable, that which feels routine, and try something new this season. Perhaps each day this Advent season, you're going to choose to read a chapter from the Gospel of Luke because, conveniently, it has 24 chapters And each day you read those as a way to prepare your heart for what Christ is doing in the world. Or maybe 
You want to prepare by trying out a new spiritual discipline. There are a lot of them to try, but one you might give a try is centering prayer. You can learn more by talking to Ruth Reynolds, but there's actually a session being held here December 14th at our church. Come and give it a try. Perhaps you want to start each morning during this Advent season by simply singing a verse of your favorite Christmas carol as a way of praising God and turning your focus and your heart to the God who is with us. Whatever way you choose to go about it, it's important that we take time to prepare our hearts as we celebrate the inbreaking of God's presence with us. Now, I have a little confession to make. Some of you already know this, but I am a classic procrastinator. Lynn Turner gets on me a lot for this one. A good example is the fact that I often can be found writing my sermons on Friday or Saturday. Never Sunday morning. I at least get it done a day before. Um, And it's not because the Holy Spirit does not show up before Friday. Let's be clear. It's because I am really good at needing to do a million other things. And I love to say that I'm just so busy. Does anybody else fall into that trap? I'm just so busy. It's the way of our culture these days. But what if I resisted? What if instead of letting the language of busyness permeate my vocabulary and mentality, I actually slowed down, prepared, connected with people? What if we put our focus on God and seeing God's children around us? How might you be called to external preparation this season as an act of resistance. Perhaps it involves the angel tree and setting aside money during your Christmas shopping so that it's not about us and our wants, but about those in need. Maybe you choose to use the time you have set aside from work to volunteer in our community. By preparing this way, we shift our focus from all the busyness in our lives to all the ways we are called to serve others. Or perhaps your external preparation involves resisting the pervasive us versus them culture that demonizes anyone who thinks differently than you. This season, instead of making our language about how others are wrong and different, I wonder if the best way for us to prepare the way of the Lord is to speak with love, to point out all that we have in common, to use our words in a way that actually reflects the idea that God is indeed with us. I'm not exactly sure what your preparation should look like this Advent season. But I am confident that as a people of God, we have been called to prepare ourselves and prepare the way. And when we get intentional about that preparation, 
I believe we will see the inbreaking of God in a new way, and our lives will never be the same. Amen.